this isn't a hard game to play if you know the rules and, and you get educated on thinking outside the box. I think that's a big deal in this business, especially in today's market. Creative finance and creative deals are a big deal if you want to kind of get ahead of the competition. If you're a passive investor wanting to learn more about questions to ask sponsors in order to qualify the opportunities, in order to qualify the sponsor, in order to qualify the market that the property is in, then go to besteverpassiveinvestor.com. My team and I created this site just for you so that there is a free resource available to you to learn about the questions to ask, the things to think through prior to investing in deals. So go to besteverpassiveinvestor.com. It's a free resource for you that was made just for you. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast where we only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluffy stuff. What's us today? Cliff Hayden. How you doing, Cliff? I'm great, Joe. How are you? I'm doing great, and I am glad to hear that. And a little bit about Cliff. He's a real estate investor. He's broker owner of Alltech Properties and founder of ShowMeTheRental.com. He helps investors automate the tenant screening process based in Louisville, Kentucky. With that being said, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your current focus? Yeah, it's a great question, Joe. So my background, I'm very similar to you. I read your bio. You used to work a full-time job at at and I was an outside plant technician, which is a fancy word for construction worker. So I did that for 10 years. While I was working there, I got into real estate and started buying houses and then found out I did not like the corporate world. I did not like being a puppet on a string. So I worked mm -hmm. my way out of that job and started doing real estate full time. I want to say around 11 years ago now, since 2008 or nine, right in that area. So I started getting into, I was a first started out as a buyer's agent uh, in foreclosures, which was a great time in 2008 or nine. And then I started a general contracting company and started buying rental houses and I've accumulated quite a few and sold off quite a few for a new lifestyle I've been shooting after for the last six years. So as of right now, I just do single family residential. I do CISA accounts for my kids and I do a lot of Roth IRA tax-free investments. What accounts for your kids? CISA accounts. They're called Coverdale Educational Savings Accounts. Mm-hmm. So I'm big on doing deals in those because college is expensive and it's getting to be where only the elite can afford it. Mm -hmm. And so CISA account is just, you can do any real estate deal in there you do normally, you can put in a CISA account and it's tax-free and you can use it 100% for education and several other things along the way. Well, let's talk about your current focus, which I believe it's your current focus. Show me the rental.com. Is that the main focus of yours? Correct. Yes. All right. Well, let's talk about it. So what is it? So show me the rental. It's basically a system we created because I couldn't find one that I could use from somebody else. And so we had a big problem back in the day when we had 800 houses and just pre-screening leads and following up with emails and phone calls. And it was just overwhelming. And it was just me and one other guy in the office. And so we developed a system that not only screens, it advertises, generates leads, pre-screen the leads, and then it sets up showings automatically through the system. Took, in my mind, it took all the crap out of the management part of the business because mm -hmm. anybody who does real estate, the biggest headache is when you got empty houses or rentals and you just got bombarded. So this kind of automates that whole process so you don't take any phone calls or emails. It's set up very simply and very inexpensive. And we built it out of necessity, not to get too deep and heavy, but to save my marriage because I was having trouble at home because we were just, this business, it can control you, it can consume you. It's a yep. 24 hour a day job if you let it be. So it advertises your posting for the home, and then it pre-screens leads, and then what else does it do? 
it sets up the showings. So there's five different ways to show your property. Most people do lock boxes. You can do open houses, you can sign out a key and you can set up showings, dates and times, uh, depending yeah. on how your business is ran. And you can also, if the, what we'd like to do now, cause we kind of upgraded our portfolio the last several years is we actually show the house with the tenant in there now. So okay. the actual tenant shows the house for us. And then from there, you get a link for your application and they fill it out and show me the rental's done. We take it up to the point to where you screen your application and, and take it from there. Hmm. The tenant shows the house for you. So you just talk to the tenant. How does that work? So the system is set up. So we use calendars. So the system will send the tenant a link to a calendar and they can pick the dates and times they're available to show the property. And then when the end user or the new tenant wants to show it, it actually sends them the same link that shows what's available. And they click one of those times and it schedules it for you. Huh. Okay. It's very simple. Any concerns about the tenant who's deciding to move out talking bad about the property? You know, that's a great question. And that's such a great area. So our houses in particular for our business, we have higher end houses now with nice tenants, nice customers that usually are in the process of buying a home. So they talk great about us, but I'm partial to our business. I think we do a great job as managers. <laughs> so our customers, we're on first name basis with most of them now. They've been with us for years. We've kind of set ourselves apart from a lot of our competition by making our houses a lot nicer mm -hmm. than most of everything else out there on the market. So we kind of pre-screen a little different now, which was a lot more strenuous to get the better higher end customer in there. We don't have too many problems, Joe, be honest with you. We're lucky to get a phone call maybe one a month or every other month. It's, it's high for us mm -hmm. to get any kind of calls. Well, let's talk about what you said there. Set yourself apart from the competition by making the homes much nicer. Will you elaborate on how you've done that? Okay. So what we do is high-end stuff. So we do higher-end light fixtures. We do nice white shaker cabinets now with granite countertops, tile backsplash. We tile the floors or bathrooms, nice vanities with the little vessel bowl sinks and the nice, just higher-end quality stuff that actually the same stuff we do on our houses we're going to sell. We kind of buy now in nice school districts, nice neighborhoods, and put those nice qualities in the house. So when somebody's looking in that area, we kind of stand out above the competition. We screen very hard now, but it allows us to get nicer quality people in the properties. And is this local in Louisville? Yeah, it's all in Louisville. Yeah, I'm, I'm, okay. a, I'm a small time. I stay where I know and I'm just comfortable with my neighborhoods. Okay. What are the price points we're talking about first? Okay. So average price in our area is 100 to 150,000. Mm -hmm. You get in that range, the price point versus rent is very good. So Say, uh, let's do simple math. A $100,000 house, we're renting for around 1000 to 1100 bucks a month. Okay. $150,000 house, we're renting for around 13 1400 bucks a month. So that's kind of where we stick to. We usually, 150 or less is all we do. And then we just nice little brick ranches, three bedroom, two bath with a basement and a garage. That's kind of our cookie cutter house. In, in the example of a $100,000 house, $1,100 rent, is that post renovation? We're all in, you're $100,000? Correct. Or cheaper. It depends. So the market today is a little different. Foreclosures in our town are pretty much gone. Mm -hmm. So I do a lot of subject twos or seller finance deals now. A little creative financing on most of my deals anymore. So it all varies on what I'm all in for. Usually not that much. I try to get into deals where I'm taking over payments. They got high equity and I'll give them a little bit of equity for their time. And then the houses don't need very much. Maybe some paint and carpet. How are you getting those leads? 
anymore word of mouth. So I've been doing this for a while and I tell all new people, especially in real estate, it takes you years to build up your reputation and seconds to lose it. So I do a real good job of taking care of people and just common sense to me, integrity, honesty, doing what you say you're going to do. And I get a lot of deals. My parents are older and they're the baby boomers that are in their seventies and they got a lot of friends that have paid for houses and moving to Florida and I'll finance the house from them. I've done it several times with them. That's one avenue. The subject two, if you can think of a specific example with numbers and just tell us a story of the deal, that'd be great. Okay. So the one I just did by, by, right down the street from my house, a uh, guy went through a divorce, sad situation. He just couldn't afford the house and didn't want to deal with it. And he just wanted some money to move. And how'd you hear about it? Actually, a friend of mine called me uh, that we do deals together with. Okay. Why didn't your friend act on it? That's a great question. So we do VRBO. You know what that is, I'm assuming. Vacation yep. rental houses. So yep. we actually rent out our house through the summer and we travel all summer. My wife works for the local high school. So we travel all summer. And when we come back, we got a lake house that's a far away drive. And my wife was getting mad about it that we had to drive so far when we came home. So my buddy came across this house. It's literally five minutes from my house. And he knew that it would be the perfect setup for us to stay there while we're renting our house out. So we've done deals together for probably over a decade now. And he just said, you know what, just take it. You can have it. It's for your family. And he just gave it to me. Okay. So it was a very cool little deal. So basically we took it over subject to houses were 200,000. We took it over for 91 payments are 744 a month. And that's everything P I T I. And we did have to put some money in this, but a little bit more than normal because my wife wanted it a little bit nicer than most. <laughs> so that's the best way to say it. So we're probably gonna have around 30 grand into it when it's all said and done. And then payments will be 744 a month. The kicker to this was she is going to let me put our house on the market for VRBO all year round now. Not that it'll rent all year round, but make it available with the goal being to pay it off in two years. And then that way we have little debt. And that's kind of what my business plan is now is to get out of debt. Mm-hmm. With the VRBO, is that the best website that you've found to get the short-term tenants? For vacation rental houses, it's two different ones. So we have VRBO. To me, it's more like long-term rentals. So you're renting for three days to a week or longer. So it's more family vacation rental houses. And then Airbnb is more short-term. So it's somebody's coming in town for a night or two nights and they're kind of in and out. Okay. And so uh, we do both. So for our house, our personal home, we only do VRBO because I screen everybody and talk to them personally just to make sure they're okay. And knock on wood, we've never had a problem so far. All great people, all great families. And then we have a lake house that we VRBO and I do instant booking on that. And that's mainly, I get most of my bookings through Airbnb on that. Is there there for just a couple of nights? That's my understanding of how I use those websites. Okay. Let's circle back to showmetherental.com. Is that an app? It is not an app yet. You can use it on your mobile, but it's not an app. It is okay. basically just a website. So what's the user experience? If I'm just listening to this interview and I'm like, oh man, Cliff's got something that I need. I'd love to have my home advertised and then those people screened and set up the showings automatically. What's the user experience from that point forward for me? Great question, Joe. So we kind of made this as simple as we can. So we kind of developed Show Me The Rental from kayak.com. If you ever heard of that. So basically, I'm not that smart. Most real estate guys, we're, we're just hard workers. And so we develop it so it's very simple to navigate through. Very easy. So you basically go to showmethevinyl.com. You sign up. It kind of walks you through how to put your property into the system. There's about six different sections based on pictures, descriptions, audio recording, 
showing instructions and then pre-screening questions. So first they're pretty self-explanatory. The pre-screening questions are where everything ties together and it's pretty neat. So we have around 30 questions and then we recommend you pick around three to five. And so for us personally, the biggest questions we want to know before we let anybody view our house is how long have you been on your job? How much money do you have in the bank? And are you on section eight? So with those questions, we have a couple more. Another one we use is, do you have small tools and can you use small tools? Because uh, we, 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 we I know it's funny, we, we expect our tenants, we're not a holiday in. So we screen them very heavily and we make them understand. Like if you're change your furnace, your smoke detectors, snake in a drain, there's certain things in these type of houses we expect you to take care of. So you'll pick your questions. And then from there, the next tab is go live and get leads. And from there, we have all the websites available to market your property on. Okay. Uh, the main ones being Zillow and Facebook Marketplace. That's our two hot spots right now for websites. What happened to Craigslist? Craigslist is kind of difficult because you don't have syndication with Craigslist. So the problem with that is it is in the process, but the problem is you have to actually take a link and copy that and paste in the Craigslist because with Zillow, not good with all the terminology, I got a partner that does that, but basically they syndicate. So when you put something on there, Zillow syndicates with it and it'll automatically post to Zillow. Mm-hmm. It'll automatically post to Trulio. It automatically posts to Facebook Live. Craigslist is not that way. You have to manually input the information. So it's okay. a little bit more difficult. So that's the management experience. So it's very easy to put your house on the market. We made this as cheap as possible to do all this. So it advertises, generates leads, pre-screen the leads, and then sets up the showings and sends on an application. And we tell everybody, if you have your own application, you copy the link and put it in the system. There's a little spot for it. And if you don't have an online application, we have a generic one you can use. So from there, it's 49 bucks. So it does all that for 49 bucks, which I think is insanely cheap. So our goal is to get people to get their life back. Because I know when I was in real estate, and Joe, it sounds like you got a lot going on also. You can get overwhelmed if you don't have the right systems or staff in place. You get overwhelmed with some of this stuff. Mm -hmm. And it kind of takes away from what you're really wanting to do. Mm -hmm. So that's the property management side of it. From the tenant side of it, what we do for tenants is we actually advertise on Facebook and get tenants to kind of sign up through Show Me the Rental and fill out what we call a tenant profile. So what they'll do is they'll fill out a tenant profile is one way, or they just go on Zillow or Truly or Facebook and they'll see the property. They click on it. It will send them a link to fill out the pre-screening questions you selected. Once they fill those questions out and they answer them correctly, it'll send them showing instructions that you authorize to show the property with. That's the simplest way. But the big way we're working on, which I really like that I kind of jumped around with, I apologize, is we do tenant profiles now. And mm-hmm. so we advertise on Facebook through different regions and get tenants to fill out all the pre-screening questions beforehand. And then we actually cross-reference that with the houses that are on the system. And then we just send them all the houses available. And the big goal is if you don't have a house on there, we have a list of different people in different zip codes that are looking for a house. So you'll kind of know, hey, you got 50 people here in a big zip code in our town is 40258. You got 50 mm-hmm. people in 40258 looking for a house. So you know, as soon as you put your house on there, all 50 of them, if they qualify, will go get to see that house. Okay. So it kind of automates that whole process and sets it up very clean. So it matches up pretty fast, which is the goal to get people in these properties and get them qualified and rented as fast as possible. So it's twofold. One is you're building a database of people who are wanting a place. And then second is if that database doesn't match up with the house, then they can respond directly via an ad that's placed on Zillow or Facebook Marketplace. What's been a challenge of yours as you've built this out? Honest answer is it takes a long time to develop software. I had no idea. 
So the biggest challenge I had is just the time it takes to do this and getting bugs worked out and different, just little headaches along the way. The other biggest challenge is, I don't know how to say it right without sounding terrible, but this is kind of built for the younger generation. So people 40 and below, we've had trouble with older senior landlords. They're just not computer savvy. So it's very Mm -hmm. simple, but we've had trouble trying to get them to understand what to do because they just don't. For me and you probably, it's very simple. You drag pictures and put the date in and you copy and paste. For them, it's kind of a little more difficult because they're not used to it. A lot of guys in our town, the senior guys, they still use phones. They have a website, but they still call and talk and that's just their way. So it's been trying to transition the older investors into the system has been a little challenging. I believe you mentioned earlier that you weren't the tech person. You have a partner. Did you meet that partner because you had this idea, so you wanted help executing it, or did you already know this partner? I did not know him. I met him from a friend of mine that I grew up with. So I've had this idea for actually years. So I spent several months researching and trying to find a company that did this already. And I could not find anybody, the whole part of it. So then I just decided to develop it and start asking around the people that I know if anybody was interested. I got turned down several times from different companies. And then I met some entrepreneurs in our town that have actually built up several businesses and sold them off. And, and they're in, the, in this world of codes and developing websites and all this stuff. And they're doing a lot of stuff with like Ameritrade and some bigger companies. So I kind of had lunch with them, drinks one night, and we kind of talked and told them what my idea was and what the problem in the market was and how I want to develop this. And they were on board and we partnered up from there. As a real estate investor who you were buying foreclosures and now you've had to shift the process for how you're acquiring properties. What's some skills that you use now, even though you're not buying the foreclosures that helped you buy those foreclosures then? That's a great question, Joe. So what I did was I developed relationships with all the top foreclosure agents in the town. Actually, I shouldn't say all of them. Out of the top five foreclosure agents in our town, I was good friends with three of them. Mm-hmm. So one of the big things I would do, one of them was- How do you know who were the top ones? You can just look on the MLS and look at the stats and see who's got the most listings and the most sales and most assets. Okay. So I was actually working with one of them. So what I did was I would take him out to lunch. I would talk to him, kind of figure out how all this stuff works. And then one of them was a HUD agent and I would actually call her every Sunday night because that was a deadline for HUD houses. So I'd call and say, what offers? And she would tell me what offers were in. She couldn't see the prices, of course, but she'd tell me, hey, we have offers on this one or this one. I think you can get this for this price. Or, hey, this one just fell through. We can put an offer in for this tonight. So that's one of the ways I would, every Sunday night, we sit and talk and it'd be nothing about two or three houses sitting there talking. So we put in offers with that. Another one would be just know the agents. And back then in 2008 or nine, you had a lot of pocket listings. So you could actually put it on a contract for it at the market. They don't do that anymore. So times have changed, but I would do a lot of pocket listings back in the day. And I would get those because the agents knew I try to just make their life easy. So they knew I'd pay cash. They knew I'd do what I say, just like earlier. I would always go to them to do all the paperwork. I would always make their life as easy as possible. So if I had to drive across town to give them earnest money and sign the contracts, if that was easier for them, I would do whatever it took to make sure they were happy because I wanted them to call me on the next deal. Taking a step back, what's your best real estate investing advice ever? I don't know about ever. (laughs) That's a good question. I don't know if there's an ever in that. My best advice for me personally, I tell everybody, get educated. This isn't a hard game to play if you know the rules and and you get educated on thinking outside the box. I think that's a big deal in this business, especially in today's market. Creative financing, creative deals are a big deal if you want to kind of get ahead of the competition. 
So my advice would be get educated, get a mentor. I think getting a local mentor or even try somebody nationwide, but it's hard for them to know your market and know your areas of town that's going to work best for you. But I'd say get a mentor. And then what really worked for me is figure out why you're doing this business. So my big thing is lifestyle. That's all I kind of focus on these days is I want a certain lifestyle. So I'd put the end game first and kind of work your way backwards on how much it's going to cost you to do that end game to get to where you want to be. And so that would be my advice to new people or even people who've been doing it for a few years. The money's great, but the big problem I had, and I've said this several times before, is I used to think money was the goal. I come from not a lower middle class family. So I thought once you made the money, you'd be happy. Probably five, six years ago that money's basically a tool. It should never be the goal. Mm -hmm. And so get your lifestyle in place. I think that's the key. I guess that's my advice. Figure out what kind of lifestyle you want. Figure out how much it costs to have that lifestyle and then work your way to get to that. I love that. Money is a tool. It should never be the goal. That's very powerful, especially the more I think about it, the more powerful that is. We're going to do a lightning round. You ready for the best ever lightning round? We'll see. Let's, let's do it. I'm ready. <laughs> you're ready. I know you're ready. <laughs> All right. First, though, a quick word from our best ever partners. If you're a passive investor and want to learn more about Ashcroft Capital, the company I co-founded with my business partner, Frank, and in particular want to learn more about our strategy – and how we think about the opportunities that we purchase, go to ashcroftcapital.com and click the strategy button above, and you'll be able to read through our thought process we use when we're purchasing multifamily properties. Feeling lost on your roadmap to wealth? Tune in to the newly launched REI Foundation podcast, where hosts Jason and Peely give you all the steps and missteps towards achieving your investing dreams. Featuring interviews from top industry professionals, make sure you listen and subscribe to REI Foundation Podcast at com. Okay, best ever resource that you use to stay up to date with industry trends or just stay sharp with your business? I'm a real estate broker, so the MLS is my best way to track stats and hot properties and what's selling fast. What is the best ever deal you've done? Ooh, that's a good one. I did a package deal when I first started, and the reason it was the best ever because I had a mentor involved, and I had no damn idea what I was doing. <laughs> and I bought seven houses for over half a million dollars, and I had $3,000 in the bank and had no idea how it was going to work out. And the great advice I got from my real estate mentor was a guy named Mike Butler for local in our town. Changed my life. But he said, if you have a deal, you'll find the money. And it took me years to understand that. So if you have a good deal, the money's out there. It's easy to find if you have a deal for it. And so I ended up paying cash for all these houses. I had a local bank fund the purchase price. All of them had tenants in them. So I bought seven houses. Didn't cost me any money. I got a $28,000 commission on this deal. Had tenants in all of them. I ended up wholesaling two of them to my son's doctor because he got the flu. And I went to the doctor's office and we started BSing. And long story short, he's like, yeah, I'm doing real estate. And I said, hey, man, I got two houses in your area if you want to buy them. So I wholesaled two of them off, kept five, still have them today. And after the local bank financed them, and it's been years ago, but I want to say within a month or two, we refinanced all those on 30-year fixed loans at four. Oh, wonderful. So that was a great deal. That was when I, I kind of caught the bug like, this shit really works. Because <laughs> I thought for a while, it was, I felt like it was just yeah. for the certain type of people. And then I came across that big deal and it was a game changer for me. And real quick, how did you come across it? Great question. I asked one simple question. They had a house for sale in the market, a neighborhood that I liked. And I simply asked, do you have any other houses you want to unload? And an agent actually said, as a matter of fact, this is an estate and they have six other houses, seven total. 
and they're looking to get rid of all of them at once if they can. And I was like, okay, let's see what we can do. So that one simple question put that deal together. On the flip side, what deal have you lost the most amount of money on? <laughs> I'm laughing out loud because I was just talking about this yesterday. I kind of did a deal recently, which is stupid because I know better. I kind of went out of my comfort zone and bought a big, nice condo in a really nice area of town. The numbers on paper looked great, and it was an area where I thought I was going to sell. So for new people, just to give you hope, we still screw up too, and I've been doing this for a while. It's about a $400,000 condo, and I've been sitting on this thing now for around seven months. So that was the worst deal I've done lately, and it looks like I'm going to have to end up probably lease option it out or trying to do some kind of trade or exchange with another investor to get out from under. So I hate to say it because I know better, but that was the worst I've done in years. <laughs> what is the best ever way you like to give back? That's a great question. So we're actually doing this now. So my sister works for a nonprofit called Home of the Innocents, and they take in troubled kids and abandoned kids and kids with all kinds of problems. So a big problem they're having is when kids get 18, they're out of the system. So they don't have any of that help from the government anymore. They're kind of on their own. A lot of times they're falling back into the same crowds they were in before because they had to survive. So what way we're giving back now is we're helping them buy houses and showing these kids how to fix them up, kind of mentoring them. I'm actually starting to do a big brother program. I actually meet the kid on the 18th of December. So that's how I get back is kind of helping others. And I like teaching people what I know. I think that's very cool. And I think for underprivileged kids, they want to work hard and really want to do it. I think is an opportunity there for them to help them out a lot. How can the best ever listeners learn more about what you're doing? Well, from Show Me The Rental side, just visit showmetherental.com. If you've got any questions, you can call me on my cell phone anytime. I tell everybody answer calls from 12 to 1 and 4 to 5. I have an answering service and they'll leave me a message. But you can reach me at 502-641-8781. Again, 502-641-8781 if I can help you with anything. And then visit our website and hopefully you give us a try. It's changed my life and got me time back to hang out with my wife and five children. So that spends, <laughs> it takes up a lot of my time also. Money is a tool. should never be a goal. I also like what you said earlier about reputation. It takes years to build a reputation and seconds to lose it. We've got to stay sharp. We've got to continue to be who we've been but perhaps even a better version of that as we go through life and love the case studies and your approach to setting yourself apart from the competition and still making the numbers work. So thanks for being on the show. Hope you have a best ever day. We'll talk to you again soon. Joe, I really appreciate the time. Thanks for the opportunity.